Section 42 of The United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in September 2020. The World's Story, Volume 13, The United States. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 42. Tecumseh, the Indian Brigadier General. 1813 by charles h l johnston in the fighting of the war of eighteen twelve this great chief showed that he could lead an army almost as well as a white man his military talent was so great that he was made a brigadier-general a position which to my knowledge no other american indian has ever held among white troops except general eli s parker who commanded a detachment of regulars in the army of the potomac during the war of the rebellion the celebrated shawnee fought bravely at a fierce fight at brownston and was also at the siege of detroit with about seven hundred warriors when this city capitulated to the british the whole american frontier was open to the ravages of the indians and english after this event and under general proctor the combined forces of redskins and red coats swept down upon the border fortress of fort meigs and here captured a number of prisoners although they did not take the stockade the indians under tecumseh numbered about eighteen hundred in the fighting at this place and giving way to their instincts they tomahawked all that they could general proctor made no attempt to stop them but was looking calmly at their fiendish work when he saw tecumseh galloping forward at great speed reaching the scene of slaughter the savage leaped from his horse and seizing two indians by the throat knocked them to the ground then drawing his tomahawk and scalping knife he cried out he of you who injures another prisoner will be killed by tecumseh how dare you wreak vengeance upon defenceless men cowards be gone cowed by his consuming wrath the savages slunk away while the great chief turning to proctor said why general did you not stop this awful massacre sir replied the british general your indians cannot be restrained be gone thundered tecumseh you are not fit to command go home and put on the petticoat of a squaw shortly after this the celebrated shawnee noticed a small group of indians near by who were standing about some prisoners yonder are four of your people who have been taken prisoners said colonel elliot to him you may do as you please with them tecumseh therefore walked over to the group and found four shawnees who while fighting on the side of the americans had been unable to escape the british regulars and had been captured friends said he colonel elliot has placed you in my charge and i will send you back to your nation to have a talk with your people so saying he took them with him for some distance and then sent two of his warriors to accompany them to their own chiefs where they were discharged under the promise that they would never fight again against the british during the war the disasters to the americans led the government to collect the larger army which was placed under the command of general harrison the hero of tippecanoe captain oliver h perry built a fleet in lake erie sailed out to attack the british boats and defeated them 
when he had done so harrison moved upon fort malden where both proctor and tecumseh were stationed the former burned the fort and retreated with tecumseh's indians meaning to join the other british forces at niagara but before the retreat when harrison was at fort meeks tecumseh had sent him a personal challenge which ran general harrison i have with me eight hundred braves you have an equal number in your hiding-place come out with them and give me battle you talked like a brave when we met at vincennes and i respected you but now you hide behind logs and in earth like a groundhog give me answer tecumseh harrison however refused to come out and as proctor decided to retreat tecumseh seriously meditated a withdrawal from the contest you always told us that you would never draw your foot off british ground said he to the english commander now father we see that you are drawing back and we are sorry to see our father doing so without seeing the enemy we must compare our father's conduct to a fat dog which carries its tail on its back but when affrighted drops it between its legs and runs off father listen the americans have not yet defeated us by land neither are we sure that they have done so by water we therefore wish to remain here and fight our enemy should he make his appearance if we are defeated we will then retreat with our father father you have got the arms and ammunition which our great father sent to his red children if you have an idea of going away give them to us and you may go and welcome for us our lives are in the hand of the great spirit we are determined to defend our lands and if it be his will we wish to leave our bones upon them but proctor would listen to no such talk and pretended from time to time that he would halt and give battle much to the chagrin of the redskins he kept on moving finally he halted on the river thames in michigan near a moravian town and told tecumseh that he would fight it out here with the advancing americans the great chief himself chose the ground for battling with a marsh on one flank and a stream upon the other brother warriors said he to his chiefs we are about to enter an engagement from which i shall doubtless never return my body will remain upon the field of battle then unbuckling his sword he handed it to a chief remarking when my son becomes a noted warrior and able to wield a sword give this to him proctor had placed his guns in the highway and had deployed his regulars between them and a little marsh another marsh was five hundred yards farther on to the right and here the indians under tecumseh were stationed together with some british regulars the rest of the indians were sent out in front upon the extreme right in a position just in front of the swampy bottom of the larger marsh the ground was nearly covered with an open growth of trees without underbrush so that there was little impediment to fighting harrison as he came up placed his mounted infantry in front for this was his strongest force composed of a splendid body of kentucky frontiersmen under colonel richard m johnson all of whom were well used to border warfare the infantry was in the rear with a considerable body on the left flank turned at right angle to the line so as to face the indians in the marsh they were told to advance at the blast of the bugle and to fight as they had done at tipi canoe commands which they obeyed quite faithfully 
at the shrill note of the horn the horsemen trotted forward then as the british regulars began to pepper them with bullets they gave a wild cheer galloped on and soon were charging right into the lines of the english proctor knew that he was badly wanted by the americans because of his numerous massacres of defenceless non-combatants and so leaped into a two-horse vehicle in order to escape but a dozen well-mounted men galloped after him and seeing that he was about to be captured the faint-hearted britisher jumped to the earth took to the woods and got safely off tecumseh's men meanwhile stood their ground and did not at first give way before the american advance but soon the savages posted upon the extreme right before the marsh ran wildly into the woods the valiant tecumseh was shot in the arm but disdaining to fly stood up manfully while his wild inspiring war-whoop was loudly heard upon the din of battle thus he was holding his own men to their work when the kentucky cavalry having dispersed proctor's regulars returned to the field of battle forming for the attack they rushed with a wild cheer upon the mixed battalion of reds and whites johnson himself was soon near the great chief and shot at him with his pistol tecumseh fell whether from this shot or not is not definitely known the tide of conflict rolled by the prostrate form of the mighty shawnee and with fierce cheers of victory the americans chased the now routed british and indians into the forest securing a complete and overwhelming victory near the battlefield where a large oak lay prostrate by a willow marsh the faithful shawnees buried tecumseh after the american army flushed with success returned to the united states the british government granted a pension to the widow of the noted warrior and to his son gave a sword the willows and rose bushes now grow thick above the mound where repose in silence and solitude the ashes of the mighty chief of the shawnees he struggled in vain against the inevitable and his simple grave is only one of the many monuments which mark the restless overwhelming advance of the conquering americans he fought a good fight his fame is secure upon the golden pages of history end of section forty two